0: Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. street podcast. And, uh, yeah, welcome to episode 406. It's my double header for today. I did an episode earlier this morning as well. So it's kind of a busy day, busy Sunday. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, as you may know, if you've been following, I just do a video blog and sometimes I have guests and, uh, I really love talking to other people about their journey and their perspective going through this space. And, uh, um, one of my favorite things to talk about are DAOs and, uh, there's, it's just an entirely new world. And if I were to make a prediction in 2022, this would be the year of the DAO. Um, So there's a lot of stuff being developed, a lot of enthusiasm around it, a lot of people quitting their jobs and going full-time DAO. And along comes uh, the platforms and the tooling and all the other things that come along with something that is exploding. So today I have Adam Miller with me, um, daoplatform.io. And he's also um, a a fellow DAO member as well uh, with me and another DAO. Um, And uh, today we're going to talk about just some of this tooling. So welcome, Adam, to the show. And uh, yeah, um, why don't you go ahead and give a little introduction to yourself here.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So my name is Adam Miller and uh, I uh, am obsessed with DAOs and I'm obsessed with crypto. Um, you know, it all started for me uh, several months ago when I tried to build my own DAO, and I wanted everything to happen on chain, and I wanted to be able to do stuff that I thought would be very easy to do. And weeks later, I was just blown away by um, how hard it was to do the things I wanted to do. And and that'll be a theme that I think will. We'll um, come out through this this episode as we talk about some of the tooling that's out there is that even though it's amazing the work that people are doing, and it is amazing what you can already do, there's so much more work to be done. Um, so that's really what uh, motivated me to start Dow Platform.io, to help people find the best-in-class technology, um, launch that technology, integrate it, operate it effectively, and then at some point I may build some of
0: my own technology as well. Right on. Okay. So, yeah. Let's start with, I guess, um, a lot of people don't know what DAOs are, Um, so we have to break it down uh, for the noob at first and get everybody on the same page. So DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Um, It basically puts code at the center and it tries to automate organizations, right? Anything else? (laughs) Well, I think the the D of DAO also, so
1: of Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, the two key descriptors are Decentralized and Autonomous, and I think we've had Decentralized Organizations for a long time, right? Whether you think about um, Alcoholics Anonymous or Toastmasters or um, collectives that have existed for thousands of years, Mm -hmm. Um, there have been Decentralized Organizations um, for a while. Um, but the autonomous part is probably the newer part. And so that's where you're actually putting um, some of the logic of the organization and how it controls resources and interacts with people onto the blockchain. And so then when you combine those two elements, yeah, that's something uh, totally new that, you know, was first envisioned several years ago, at least it was envisioned early by, you know, Vitalik Buterin and done on Ethereum. But just the last several months, it's, it's really started to take off.
0: Okay, so the code is kind of acting as this third-party, um, outside, extra-human type of um, platform of judgment, I guess. If you have, are coming across an issue or if you need a decision to be made, a lot of times we've always pointed to code or law or sacred text or you know, something above humankind. Um, and this way, code is math, and people say, well, math is truth, math is universal. And uh, you can't argue with math, right? Um, so here we are trying to, no- trying to establish our decision trees and our organizations and our, our fate and our outcomes based upon this external source of code. Um, and uh, there, however, there are humans behind this code that are writing this code. So is it completely infallible? Um, I don't know. That's to be determined, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I would also think about a good analogy is
1: to think about a DAO as kind of like an automated account on a blockchain, or in some ways like an automated bank account because it can hold assets and transact with assets. And if you think about how a bank account works, uh, bank account works in the traditional world, um, you know, you will tell the bank how, what are the rules for who can access this money, and the rules will be like your CEO can do anything he wants with the account, and your uh, CFO can uh, write checks and she can use a credit card, Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe the treasurer can like get uh, copies of the statements, right? Those are your rules. With a bank account, with an account on a blockchain, so a DAO living on the blockchain, your rules can be a lot more nuanced and complex, and you don't have to put one or two or three people in charge. In -hmm. fact, generally, you don't. Generally, you're going to say, well, we want this account to be such that it can only spend money or take other actions uh, in Web3 when 51% of the token holders of some token vote that it can. And so mm-hmm. now you have a bank account basically, although it's a it's a crypto account um, that's controlled by a majority vote of some group of individuals. Um, so those individuals are still human and they're still making decisions in a human way, but you've coded the bank account, the account, such that you need a majority vote of those token holders um, it to take any action. And so right away, that's totally different from any bank account Mm -hmm. that's ever existed before, not to mention the fact that you can spin up this DAO with just a few clicks, and that's a little harder than that right now, but hypothetically, just a few clicks, and you have the equivalent of a bank account um, that's controlled by potentially hundreds of thousands of people if that's what you want, and just never would have been possible with a traditional organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, math and code definitely allow a whole bunch of other options—a smorgasbord of options. And uh, uh, you know, humans though they're fallible. Um, there's all humans are, are um, very good at making uh, extenuating circumstances on things, and they, and hacks happen and things like that. So, Dao can cover a lot, but it can't cover everything. And I guess we can talk more about that later. But um, um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, and what made you um, so obsessed with DAOs?
1: That's a good question. You know, my whole life, I have been most interested in the intersection of people, technology, and business. And I think um, DAOs are the first time that all three of those things are coming together at a head where the whole point of a DAO is to integrate those three things in a way that achieves some goal, right? People, technology and business. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's what makes this so exciting and interesting on a personal level. But the other thing is that DAOs represent a new way of organizing almost everything that humans do in groups, um, yeah. from chess clubs in high schools to national and international governments and everything in between companies, um, nonprofit companies, um, other associations of individuals, all of these things um, in the next several years are going to be asking themselves, should we DAOify in some way, right? Or certainly, sure, maybe Coca-Cola won't DAOify, but I'll bet you within a year or two, they'll create a DAO of some kind for their community that has control Hmm. over something to better engage with their uh, customers. Um, but anyone who's starting a new company in, let's say, five years, they're absolutely going to be considering whether they should become some kind of DAO as opposed to just some traditional type of organization. Um, so for me, it's the personal interest combined with just what feels like an amazing opportunity to have an impact on uh, on the world and on how people do things. Um, and a way that also can put more power in the hands of people um, and, you know, create Organizations and communities and even nations, right, governments that are more inclusive and more fair. Now, you could also go the opposite direction, right? This is just a technology layer on top of the way people organize themselves and their resources. If you want, you can use that technology to make a system even more autocratic or more unfair or less distributed. Um, you know, you can guarantee that power will always rest in the hands of one person in your DAO if that's how you want to write your smart contract. Um, but realistically, most people are using this technology to. A more uh, widely distribute power and resources and, and benefits. Um, so, you know, those are the big reasons for me. But then it also got very specific a few months ago when um, I was hanging out with some, cu- my cousins and some friends. And I'm always telling everyone I know about crypto, as a lot of us probably <laughs> do. I'm just, I'm so interested in it. And uh, when I was talking to them about uh, virtual land in the metaverse, we were talking about sandbox and decentral land and those types of things. Um, you know, I, I somehow the topic came up of like, would you guys want to throw some money together and buy some virtual real estate together? Mm -hmm. And everyone was, and I told them we'll do it through a DAO. It'll be totally automated. I'm gonna set up this this smart contract. You guys are gonna be able to log in, buy shares, which are gonna be like tokens in our DAO. And then I'm gonna propose that we buy this piece of land in Sandbox, and everyone's gonna get to vote on it. And you're gonna have to approve it for this transaction to go through. And everyone's like, "Yeah, I'll throw in a few (laughs) thousand dollars. Like this sounds great." and uh, so I thought, okay, cool. Like by tomorrow, I'll have one up and running, and we'll be ready to go. And um, what I found was actually I was off the next week and a half on vacation. I spent all day, every day, trying to create this DAO that I want, this little investment club DAO, um, and it just, it's, you can't do it. You can do piecemeal like certain parts of it, but from mm-hmm. to go from step one all the way to the end of actually purchasing and owning an NFT together and, and, and wanting that to be represented with tokens and wanting people to be able to vote on it um, and not having to trust me. I mean, obviously, like I believe I'm trustworthy, but I wanted this to be trustless and on chain. And even today, three months later, you can't do it. Um, yeah. People are, there is technology out there that technically makes it possible, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to find and so hard to use. That realistically you can't do this yet, but everyone's mm. talking about it and it won't be very long before you can. Um, but so to me, when I, there was something that seems so obvious that I think millions of people will be doing within a few years and today you can't do it, I said, oh
0: my goodness, like there's an opportunity here. I wanna be part of the solution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even knowing about it, you're ahead of the game right now at this point. You know, I always say the people that, that um, know about crypto um, are already ahead of the game. You know, the people that have invested in Bitcoin is just a fraction of the people that have, you know, have money. And then the people that actually know about DeFi are just a fraction of those people that have invested in crypto. You know, and those people that use Layer Two solutions is just a fraction of those. And I would even say the people that know about DAOs are hmm, maybe a little fraction of those that know about DeFi. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> That's so if you look at the scale of it all, it's not yeah. very many people that are that are in this game right now.
1: Yeah, and then a lot of the people that are are engineers. Um, you know, they're working on developing the code. Maybe they're working on the open source DAO platforms, which is amazing and it's what we need. But to be completely honest with you, I haven't found a single other person yet who has launched like as many different DAOs on different platforms as I have, which is maybe about twelve. Um, okay. You know, because most people are focused on like, okay, let me just find a solution, let me use that solution, or I'm going to build a next generation solution that does X, Y, and Z. Um, it's been very hard to find other people who yeah. are actively trying out everything that's out there and just playing with it. Um, and then trying to, you know, put that knowledge to use on behalf of others. And by the way, if you're out there, please reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. Um, but it's just, it, yeah, it, it's so new. There are so few people. I mean, I've spoken with the CEOs and founders of a lot of the major, you know, DAO companies. And just almost no one is, is doing this today. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, so you're kind of being a trailblazer. Um, you're learning the levers and pulleys of everything, and that's that's what I do. I mean, that, I love doing. That's why I'm doing this entire show is because I want to play with different platforms and different cryptocurrencies, different DeFi engines, you know. And then now DAO engines, and you're doing it. You're there's no case studies out there. There's no samples or evidence or or anything, and you're creating it. And that is really important. And and who knows? You know, maybe your work with all this can create some kind of canonical. Um, text as far as, you know, a foundation for other people to work on. You know, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. So, you know, this is <laughs> this is new territory. Um, so speaking of which, a lot of people are having to like, okay, say for instance, uh, when the automobile came about, they were calling things horseless carriages, right? And when the internet came out, newspapers were trying to put their newspapers up on the internet, and it was just a PDF document. Nobody had really learned to work within this with this new technology, and they're using existing frameworks to go into this new technology. And I kind of see that happening right now with people using Discord as their DAO platforms. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, why are people using Discord? Is it successful? Um, and uh, what good and what mistakes have come out of that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, Discord is a chat tool. It's a chat collab a chat. It's a chat platform like Slack or other. Um, uh, a lot other of gamers things. use it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, yeah. It came kind of from the gaming community first and foremost. Um, you know, when I think about DAOs, I like to think about a framework that has three parts to it, and every DAO has these three parts. One of the parts is tokenization, right? And this is for like a modern crypto DAO. You could argue that again, like AA is a DAO, sure, but. Um, uh-huh. For a modern crypto data, you have tokenization. So there's some elements of either NFTs or regular or fungible ERC-20 tokens, they're just basically tokens, cryptocurrencies. Um, there's something going on with tokens. And then you have governance. So you have tokenization and governance. The governance is how do you make decisions as a group. So usually there's going to be some kind of voting platform that's on-chain or off-chain. It's on some you know blockchain. Um, and then the third part is the community. Um, And so you have tokenization, governance and community because whatever you're doing on chain and whatever you're doing with tokens, any organization is a community of people, right? It's a group of people and all the challenges and opportunities that humans have ever had when they do things in groups of people still exist for DAOs. Right. And so all the ways of organizing, all the social issues, political issues, all that stuff is still there. Um, And so just like for any company or any chess club or any government, the people involved need a way to talk to each other. Mm. And so Discord has emerged, especially because I think in crypto, we're global. Um, You know, there's uh, almost no, you absolutely assume that people you're talking to could be anywhere in the world Mm. at any time. So there's, there's not even a question of like, could you do something in person? Like, could you all share an office or something like that? Um, it's it's a given that people are international, and so you're going to need some kind of chat platform. Um, you're going to need some kind of platform that yes has screen sharing as well and video calls right. and phone calls, but you need you need chat. You need that asynchronous kind of communication and collaboration. Um, and so Discord has been for some time one of the leading platforms. You know companies tend to use Slack or Microsoft Teams or There may be a couple, a a symphony, if you're in the financial services industry, they all look similar at first glance. um, But I think what Discord has that the others don't have is um, extreme flexibility and integrations. Mm. So a lot of people have already built bots and plugins of various kinds that integrate with Discord. Um, And up until recently, none of those were related to crypto specifically, but now a lot of them are. And so you have bots and plugins in Discord that can connect what's happening on chain. So what's happening with your tokens, what's happening with your governance into the community, what's happening in Discord. And so, for example, you could have you know, at the simplest level, you could have a channel in your Discord that's reserved for people who hold a certain amount of your DAO's token or some token. And it's extremely easy to integrate. It's like I'm thinking of Collabland. Integrate mm-hmm. Labland with your Discord server, and it's very easy. You could have a channel for one token, a channel for another token. Um, there's also plugins that make it really easy to assign people roles in your server, and so you could assign people roles based on how much they've contributed to the DAO, or again, by you know whether they hold certain tokens. You could put a little symbol after their name. You know, there's all kinds of interesting things you can do. You can also keep track of how much people are participating in Discord, and you could reward them. Um, based on how much they're participating with tokens, you know, again, related to your DAO. So uh, the list goes on and there will be so many more a year from now than there are today. Um, But so to me that the key two capabilities of Discord are one is just a great chat platform. Mm -hmm. uh, And two is that you have all these integrations that are really easy to make and implement that allow you to integrate the community element with the governance and the tokenization elements of the DAO.
0: Wow. Yeah. So people have been able to customize Discord, a pre-existing structure to fit their needs for the DAO. But as we go further down into the DAO space, we're really growing too big for our Discord britches in a way. And uh, we got to figure out how to put on a new pair of pants basically at this point, you know? (laughs) And so there are a lot of other DAO platforms customized specifically for DAOs. And, uh, I know you wanted to take us through some of those and some of the stuff you've been playing around with. Um, so yeah. Um, do you want to do a screen share on some of that stuff? Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause
1: I'm already thinking of one thing related to discord that I can share. Okay. Let me turn
0: this on here.
1: All right. So Sounds a lot like Discord. I think it's a coincidence. Um, discourse. <laughs> discourse. Um,
0: Discord. It's McDowell's, not McDonald's.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to pull up one other thing as well, um, which is an implementation of, of Discourse by uh, the team that created DAO Stack. It's leveraged by a major uh, one of the uh, early and very successful DAOs called DXDAO. Um, it's an online discussion forum. Um, and uh, what I've seen a lot of DAOs do is they've said, if you're going to submit a proposal on chain, so if you're going to say, I want to spend, I'm suggesting we spend $25,000 uh, send it in Ethereum to this address. And if more than half of the people who vote vote yes, it's actually going to send $25,000 or more. It's gonna send a million dollars, whatever it is. Um, they say for any proposal like that, first you have to submit the proposal on DAO talk and wait a week for people to be able to comment on uh, your forum post. So like, here's Mm. a proposal for a contributor at DXDAO saying, you know, I'd like to work for these two months, I'd like to get paid a certain amount. Uh, And if this is approved, uh, the money will be paid. To this contributor, um, and so uh, the rule is post it on Doubt Talk first, so that people can reply and like and comment. There can be discussion, and then if you know generally people are supportive, then you go and you post it on the on-chain governance platform, um, mm-hmm. and people can vote on it. So to your point of you know we're outgrowing our britches in some regard. Um, I don't know honestly if I've had the same uh, conclusion about Discord. I do agree they can get pretty crazy, um, but uh, but certainly there are other related tools that you can use that maybe a bit more organized or, or just structured differently from Discord that also help you collaborate. Mm.
0: Yeah, with, with a, a DAO-centered. Um, I listened to some podcasts on Bankless um, talking about blockchains as cities, and they were talking about Ethereum as Manhattan and being built up, but it's reached its constraints at the point. So they're doing roll-ups and the skyscrapers are roll-ups. Um, and they're having to adjust because there were some things at the beginning when they first started um, creating Ethereum that have changed. You know, technologically has changed now from the beginning. So you see blockchains like Solana, and they compared Solana to Los Angeles as this wide open space and a new blockchain being built. With some of the mistakes have been learned that that were. Uh, That have been learned from building Ethereum over in Manhattan, you know, so Solana looks completely different and is a wide open space in a different type of city and uh, DAO platforms could possibly be the same way. You know, you have a starting out in discord in some way and we've hit our limits and we're building these sleek new DAO platforms that are that are tailored specifically to where we are in technology with it.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, I'll pull up another um, DAO platform called Colony. And by the way, my uh, username, uh, my my pseudonym is the Thriller on a lot of platforms. And so um, you'll see that a lot of my DAOs that I've created just for experimentation are called Thriller DAO. Um, mm. So I'm going to pull one up that I think uh, allows for something called guilds or subgroups. And uh, Colony DAO. Yeah,
0: I I listened to an interview on Crypto Sapiens. Um, about Colony DAO. It's really interesting, mm. The interview.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so here you can see, here's the, and I'm going to zoom in. I'll try to do that for everything I show. Um, you know, here you can see a DAO. And when I say a DAO in, this, in the context of technology, usually I'm talking about the governance platform, which is okay. going to involve the tokens in some way, right? So this is like, a DAO I created on Colony it doesn't mean anyone's involved. It doesn't mean there's a discord for it. it doesn't mean, yeah. in, although if you really want to buy my tokens, let me know. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, here you have um, the DAO in, um, on Colony and I believe, yeah, you can create teams within your DAO. I've heard other people call these guilds or hives. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you create a new team, you know, that team can be given certain rights within the DAO. And generally, the idea I haven't tested this on Colony, but the idea is that you can give your teams uh, funding and then the team can just de- like everyone has to decide, give the team some money. And then once the team has the money, that team can decide how to use the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other ways of achieving this too. Um, and I don't know if we want to jump to Gnosis Safe, but you know, that's another way of, of achieving kind of a similar purpose. Um, but, um, but you know, here's one platform and you know, the way a lot of these platforms are going to work is that, you know, basically you'll have some kind of feed. The feed is usually going to be of uh, proposals that have passed and or failed um, to take certain actions. So here was the action of paying myself a thousand of, you know, my own token that I created when I was creating the DAO. Um, and then if you want to create a new proposal, you know, there will be a button to do that and you'll see the options. And almost any platform will have a number of different options. You can create a proposal to spend money. You can create a proposal, perhaps, to manage the money in some way, like move money here between teams or add a token that you want the colony uh, to uh, the DAO to recognize, manage teams, manage permissions. And anytime you submit a proposal, we can actually go through this if you guys want. Let's say we're going to pay from root 2 let's just again, say we're going to pay myself. Actually, here's it. So there was a random person who seems to have uh, a colony. Anyone can just click join DAO and it'll add them to the list of members. So feature you may or may not like. And, and, and what you'll see is all these platforms are making interesting little decisions about all kinds of things that you have to decide about with DAOs. There's very few platforms that really allow you to customize everything yet. So let's say you love colony, but for some reason it's really important to you that people can't just like click Join DAO and now they're going to be listed on the list. Well, you know that's a feature. That's in this one. That's a feature. Um, okay. So I, think I had posted about my DAO in Discord because I was having trouble doing something, and I posted in their Discord, and uh, I think the person clicked on that, and, just <laughs> and they don't have my tokens, that they're able to, you know, show themselves as a member.
0: So you can create a token gateway, though, right? And to to stop people from just randomly stumbling in your DAO like a drunk person on the street. That's going to depend on the platform. Okay. Um,
1: so in a lot of cases, by default, at least anyone can view the DAO. And, and, and in most cases, I'd say you can view it. And then depending on the platform, it may be such that anyone can make a proposal and anyone can view their proposals. And then sometimes there is a feature to hide some or all of that information from um, mm. others. But I'd say mostly what I've seen is that they're actually
0: publicly uh, viewable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Discord gates the DAOs with you know for token holders and different levels and privileges, you know, and I would assume that would be built in some of these. And real quickly, how did you make your token?
1: I believe with Colony, it was part of the DAO creation process. So, okay. I'm using the Colony platform. And by the way, I'd highly recommend anyone who wants to try this out. Very easy, right? We're gonna say this is Eureka John DAO. We'll, we'll we'll try to stop short of actually creating it. Um. Here you go. Step two, create a native token.
0: Oh no way! Yeah. So, okay. Create a token. Yeah. Or, yeah. I'm a terrible community manager, but maybe I could. <laughs> create something. Yeah.
1: And and you can. So we're gonna have the John token, right? It's gonna be just like you know. Luckily, you have a four letter name. I guess I do too. The yeah. Token symbol can be John. Yeah. And by the way, if someone could, if you could search all the blockchains to see how many Thriller tokens there are, they're everywhere because I've been. You know, <laughs> It's saturated. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> very saturated. Different, oh, different awesome. People. It'll feed my ego for years. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, good, good. And you see this beta used with caution. I would encourage everyone. Almost everything you see that I show today, or that you're going to experience with DAOs, it's all betas. Like they may not say it, but um, there are. Bugs, you know, you don't have to worry about losing all your money with most of these platforms. Like they've they've done the basics are done well, but okay. they all have a lot of limitations. They all have some bugs. The documentation tends to be, frankly, really not very good. Uh-huh. Um, one exception, Gnosis, uh, which has its own issues. I was there was a bug with it the other day. Their support is amazing. I mean, better okay. than any web two company I've experienced. You can message Gnosis. I don't know if it's a good time to pull that up. Um,
0: like the multi sig wallet? Yeah, the multi sig. Okay, wallet. I, yeah. So you pronounce so the G? Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you threw me off.
1: Oh, Moses. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but there's this little intercom button in the lower right, and twenty four seven when I've needed support, boom, few minutes they get back to you. Someone who knows what they're doing. So, big, big props to them. I'd love to see mm. do that kind of thing too.
0: Um. Yeah, I've used uh, Gnosis before and uh, Parcel and some other multi-sig multi type of stuff. Um, it, uh, let's explain really quickly what multi-sig wallets are to some of the noobs. Absolutely. So a multi-sig wallet,
1: and here you can see mine on the left, um, multi-sig wallets are technically they're smart contracts, but you can think of them like a wallet, so kind of like the wallet you have in your browser, um, which is technically called a, a EOD. W or EOA externally owned account. Don't worry about that. But you've got a wallet. Basically, this is a wallet on the blockchain, and you can set it up um, however you want in terms of who controls that wallet. And usually, the purpose is to make it so that multiple people are controlling that wallet together. So I'll show you guys a wallet um, related to a uh, a DAO in the making that I'm a part of called uh, Loco DAO. Um, you won't find anything about it anywhere on the internet. It's related to four Loco or. <laughs> uh that sounds fun <laughs> no, no connection that i'm aware of um the key the key feature of a dao uh sorry of a gnosis safe if you go to the owners list is that these daos are going to be controlled by multiple people or technically multiple addresses um and you'll say what how many of these addresses need to approve a transaction for it to go through okay, okay usually what I see is like three of five which is what we have here or or four of seven or five of nine um, and that means that if someone is going to be if someone wants to propose a transaction from this safe um, which any of these five people could do you then need two of the other five so three total of the five people to sign off on that transaction for the transaction to go through and that's all happening. Effectively on chain, it's all cryptographic in the sense that I don't know that anyone's ever found a way to, you know, get around this process, right? Without like stealing your private keys, mm. uh, so it's it's fairly reliable. And what's pretty interesting is a lot of the DAOs that you hear about, so a lot of the more successful DAOs, even a lot of the newer DAOs that are making some uh, headway, um, they are—you wouldn't know it—but the treasury of the DAO is not actually controlled by a vote of all the community members. It's actually oh. controlled by the people on the multi-sig, right? Okay. It's gonna be five people or seven people most of the time. And those five or seven people have committed to do what the DAO wants them to do. Um, okay. You're still trusting them. You're still trusting that that a majority of those people are going to act in accordance with what the DAO has signaled they, they're gonna vote, or signaled through their vote, um, but then you're still trusting those people to actually take the action at the end of the day. Um, and the reason for that is that a lot of the governance platforms that truly automate the way you spend the or leverage the assets and spend the assets in the Dows treasury, they just aren't as capable yet as a Gnosis safe. And you don't have the flexibility. you don't have the features. but
0: aren't there? Dow, Dow platforms that allow, once a vote has gone through, that there's a smart contract that immediately enacts some kind of action. Um, well, I mean, maybe not to a Gnosis safe. Yeah, I, I can see that. It's, yeah, it's kind of a catch-22 because you don't want a smart contract just to enact something by itself. You want the multiple signers to prevent. Yeah, so.
1: Well, no, I, I think actually what what we do want in the long run is for the smart contract to have full control over the money. So for the DAO, the actual DAO platform, whether it's on Colony or whether it's on you know, a different system to actually control the treasury, because what that means is you need 51% of the community to approve something for it to happen. Mm. Um, you don't want to have a step in between where, okay, 51% of the people said yes, but now we have to trust that three out of the five people yeah. the are going to do what the community wanted or conversely, more importantly if the community has not approved something you don't want the people on the multi-sig to be able to go ahead and do that so sure. I mean I guess it depends on how you look at you know it's very similar to I'm sure a lot of business situations in in the in the non crypto world you know do you um, want to have people in the middle of a process that are looking at what's about to happen and saying okay yes this looks right and yeah. in a lot of cases, you do in the traditional world, you know, banking and uh-huh. transactions. It's good to have some checks on that process, especially if it's multiple people. Um, uh, but I think in crypto, usually what we're going to want in the long run is not to have people in between, like, the will of the community and what's actually you know, being efficated.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, how many human touch points do you want? You know, and is that does that centralize it or not? That's an ongoing question. Could could be a philosophical question if you really wanted to take it that way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have Gnosis here um, as one of the tools. Um, Do are there any DAO platforms that integrate, I guess, an API of Gnosis into the platform, or is Gnosis completely separate? There are.
1: Yeah. So um, one that I'm familiar with is called Dow House. So let's pull okay. up Dao House and actually, well, yeah, we'll go to uh, their homepage, we'll click open app. Um, and here you have. Uh, so here's the hub. Now on Dow House, all the DAOs, uh, are, at least most of them are public. So if you want, you can click explore and you can find DAOs that have millions of dollars in their treasury and you can poke around and see what they're up to. Um, It's not always going to be fast. Um, So the Lao is a big one, Meta Cartel is a big one. Those are some you may have heard of, Mm -hmm. Um, but let's, let's jump to Thriller DAO on DAO House. So completely unrelated to any of the other Thriller DAOs you've seen so far, Um, totally different um, thing happening on the blockchain here Um, and in DAO House, which by the way, it's probably the most beautiful and nice user interface of any of the. It's definitely online. aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's aesthetically pleasing, well organized. You can even customize the look, which is nice. Uh, Dowhouse does allow for a private page called Community Links, where people have to be members to be able to see that page, and then you could put links to like you know hidden Google Docs or something there. But for the most part, anyone can see anything that's that's happening here. Um, okay. So if I go to view bank, which is going to show my vault for Thriller DAO, so I actually have a, a little bit of money in here um, in DAO House, which by the way, DAO House is the front end of Moloch. So you may have heard of the Moloch uh, DAO framework. That's an open yep. source system um, that a lot of people are working on. DAO House is, is the front end version of that. Um, okay. You don't have to use DAO house to have a Moloch. You could build your own stuff on Moloch using your own interface, as some have done. You could uh, fork it and build your own code on top of it. But um, generally speaking, if you hear someone talk about Moloch DAOs
0: or DAO house DAOs, they're the the same thing. Okay, so Moloch is the code behind the interface, right? And that code is open sourced and you can build your own interface on top of that code?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna say, um, Moloch is the smart contracts.
0: Okay. Huh.
1: Yeah. So you know, in some in some ways, when you talk about Web three apps, you kind of have three things. You kind of have like the back end is kind of made up of like the smart contracts and the rest of the back end, and then there's the front end, and and then it gets a little complicated too because the front end needs to know how to call you know, yeah. both, those things in the back end and, and the smart contracts. Um, but yeah, in the case of Moloch, Moloch is the smart contracts. Okay, so just like go, a
0: dynamic database-driven website, you know, the same principles, calling to the code from the interface?
1: Yeah, I guess I guess the difference is that you can also have other back-end components other than the smart contracts. Okay. And then you can also have your front end. So if you want to build on Moloch DAO, you could take the Moloch code, and then you could build the rest of the backend yourself. Wow! And not even build a front end if you don't want to. You, your Moloch DAO could be entirely run by like APIs, basically, huh. right? Or by command line interface. You don't have to have a front end at all. But you'd still be building your own back end that goes with the smart contracts. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's hardcore, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want to be in the DAO, you got to learn the code.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And by the way, that's another thing that some of the leading DAOs that people may have heard of have their own smart contract engineers who are interacting directly with smart contracts because the front ends and the DAO platforms that are out there don't have the capabilities that they need. So, for example, I've heard this about Prime DAO. So, let's just show Prime DAO partly because it's really cool. Why isn't it coming up? Um, Let's do a search here. Prime Dow. Am I thinking of the wrong one? What's What's the one that buys all the art? Um, Works for you guys. Not Prime (sighs) Dow. Sorry.
0: No, yeah, all right. keep everyone waiting. Let's see if I one can one that find buys everything. all the art Yeah.
1: Yeah, so so there's a DAO that has raised and and earned through appreciation. I swear prime.
0: Like Sotheby's type of art or just like your con. Oh,
1: no, so so they're buying um they're buying uh NFTs, crypto art. Um, okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. So, Sorry I can't find it, but they're buying, they're buying really expensive um, NFTs um, yeah. and they raise raised a lot of money to be able to do that. It's, it's not this. Um, mm. And um, so they're kind of doing what I wanted to do uh, several months ago. They raised money from friends and other people and they're using it to buy NFTs directly. Well, how did they do that? They had to have a smart contract engineer actually write their own code that interacts with smart contracts in the Web3 world to buy the uh-huh. NFTs and interacts with the DAO to actually get the money to do it uh, mm. and, and then to receive the NFT back into the DAO. So they were able to achieve what I wanted to do, but that's because they had someone writing custom code. Okay. Smart contracts and then interacting with those smart contracts as well. Uh-huh. So it won't be too long before anyone can do that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I guess my point is that, um, you know, they are taking smart contracts, but then there's other stuff that has to go along with it to make all of that work.
0: Okay. So you were talking about uh, minting your own tokens um, as part of the process in Colony DAO, and you've done this in a few other DAOs. Um, the, this DAO that you were talking about buys art. Do you think that could be something to back those tokens? So how do these tokens get backed <laughs> with anything substantial?
1: You know, that's that is a very interesting question. Um it kind of goes to so that that's an element of DAOs, right? Is if you want to have a token that's actually valuable mm-hmm. and that and partly therefore be able to mint more of those tokens or hold them in your treasury and um, use them to pay people, or just appreciate in value for all the people who hold them. Um, and um, the it's really interesting to think about DAOs in some sense as being, in a lot of cases, like nonprofits with equity value. Okay. So you know, in the in the traditional world, um, you know, you have uh, you have either for profits or nonprofits. Yeah. Nonprofits don't have shareholders. They don't appreciate in value. You can't cash out your shares of the nonprofit. It's just mm-hmm. it's not how would work. And people would have thought you're crazy if you thought that anyone would want to hold a share in a nonprofit. Yeah, it's so not, you for have profit. Profit. <laughs> not for profit. not for profit. For profits, uh, of course, are the complete opposite. People can have shares in them. The shares appreciate in value. You can buy and sell shares. With DAOs, most DAOs are actually nonprofits with equity value. Uh, In the sense that they're not returning their profits to anyone. No DAO is paying dividends. There may be an exception, but for the most part, no DAO is paying dividends. No DAO is is planning on distributing its profit in any way. All the money just goes into the bank, just like a nonprofit, right? Nonprofits are allowed to make money. It just goes into the bank and sits there until they want to use it for something. Um, DAOs are similar. So you can make money, but they're not returning the profit to anyone. And yet their tokens act like equity. The tokens mm-hmm. tend to rise in value as the DAO either has more value in its treasury um, or um, is doing more and more valuable stuff. And so people want to hold the token, even if there's no really clear net present value or discounted mm-hmm. cash flow model you could use to estimate the value of the token. Um, so, you know, in some cases you could say, okay, well, if if the if there's a hundred million tokens and a hundred million dollars in the treasury and those tokens give you control over the treasury, well, it makes sense that each token should be worth a dollar, right? And maybe more or less depending on what's going on with the organization. Um, Because I guess theoretically, you could vote to like pay that money out to everyone Mm -hmm. um, if that's not kind of the intended purpose. Um, But then in a lot of other cases, um, there's not a lot of money in the treasury, maybe a few million dollars. And yet the DAO is worth uh, tens of millions of dollars based on the market cap of their tokens. And mm. Bankless is one good example um, where I think the market cap is something like $20 million if you look at all their uh, tokens, um, at least outstanding ones. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, it would be higher. Um, uh, but there isn't that much money in the Treasury. There's not. There's no plan that I know of to return money to those token holders. Yeah. And yet, people want to hold them. And so they rise in value. So yeah. it's a whole new discipline, you know, what makes tokens in DAOs um, valuable. Um, but those are a couple examples.
0: Well, a lot of value is being created. I know in the bankless DAO, um, they're trying to create uh, something that people outside of the DAO can use, such as creative services. And uh, they have bankless consulting now that or consulting services, and the the Writers Guild is doing things like writing newsletters for other organizations and bringing revenue into the DAO. And so I guess that goes to the treasury, like you were saying, but it also adds kind of indirectly a value to that token. So, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. But but it wouldn't if it were a traditional nonprofit, right? Non- right. As successful as a nonprofit gets, no one's saying, let me buy shares in your nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and yeah. so, and so it's see, in some ways it seems crazy that people would, but this is the new world. This is, this is absolutely, you know, if you think about, um, I mean, all kinds of interesting challenges with our economy, here's an opportunity to create a whole new set of wealth that's based on something new that mm-hmm. wouldn't have existed before, yeah. um, it couldn't have existed before. And so now, um, so this is an opportunity to create a lot of wealth for a lot of people.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. And. Uh- a lot of new ideas coming up, breaking a glass ceiling in a sort of way. Um, like DAOs have afforded me the opportunity to, you know, I've, I've al- I'm always trying to polish and learn something new in the AV realm, and I'm trying to do a career change, and I wouldn't have had access to some of these types of professionals in certain spaces Before DAOs, you know, they would never give me the time of day, and here I am getting advice and getting tips and tricks and stuff like that because we have crypto and DAOs in common. So yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's a flattening, and it's a flattening of organizations. It's a social flattening as well. So yeah, yeah. Do you Um, want
1: me to show a few more tools?
0: Yes, I was just going to say you have. uh, You showed me some these Colony DAO House Gnosis Safe. Uh, What else you got up your sleeve here?
1: So I want to show snapshot because, again, a lot of the way a lot of DAOs are working is they're a gnosis safe, which means seven, five, seven people technically control the money. Um, but what those five to seven people have said is everyone's going to vote and we're going to do what all those people say. Yeah. So in a lot of cases where a DAO is operating that way, they're using a snapshot or something like it to do cryptographic related voting. It's not technically on chain, although Snapshot is working on an on chain solution as well. Um, but um, you know what you'll see in Snapshot, and again, let's let's look at Bankless. Um, you know, people are coming in, they're submitting proposals, right? So you literally say, "What do you think about X?" You post it. You, what are the options? You publish it, and people come in and they have to hold the tokens to vote,
0: okay. and so it
1: is going to count people's votes. And here you can see. Like in this case, 17 million bank tokens worth of votes went to yes, mm-hmm. and 50 bank went to no, so it's a very mm-hmm. popular one. And you have a record along with their cryptographic signatures of all of the folks who voted um, for or against this proposal.
0: Okay, so the okay. result goes on chain and is on the blockchain for good after that.
1: I don't know if the result is even going on the blockchain. It's, okay, it's it's signed and held, maybe an IPFS, which is a distributed file storage system, maybe just on snapshot servers. But um, it's um, so that's why a lot of people would say, and even if you look at snapshot stocks, it says we know it's not on chain, you know, mm. but it has its purposes. Yeah, uh, yeah. and so a lot of the, a lot of that purpose is so that you can have cheap easy voting that will indicate to the Gnosis safe holders who actually control the money um what they should do. So this off-chain voting probably wouldn't be good enough if it was directly controlling the treasury but it's easy enough for the Gnosis safe holders of Bankless to know that snapshot's still working, there haven't been any issues and whatever people voted um, you know or, or how they're going to want to act.
0: Okay. So it's a way to do some token waiting voted voting. Yes. Um I mean, that opens up a whole other rabbit hole about token-weighted voting, one-to-one voting, quadratic voting, and all these different ways to vote. Um, Are there DAO platforms that facilitate different styles of tokenized voting?
1: Yeah, and I think even Snapshot does. So let's just, I think if we just start creating one here, zoom in again, somewhere it's going to say strategies. Ah. In the case of Snapshot, strategies are how do you count the votes? Okay, and so and this is open. It go, anyone can put a strategy on here. So there's literally hundreds of strategies. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, and they're not um, they're not checked by snapshot. You know, yeah. so full, as with many things in crypto. Uh-huh. Um, so, for example, it can be so ERC 721. That's going to look at NFTs instead of. Okay. Okay. Traditional tokens. So if you way. hold a certain NFT, you're eligible in that exactly. case. Okay. Yeah, ah. I don't know if it's written one. Like if you have two, you get two votes. I'm not sure, but yeah, um, yeah, you can. So you can change that up, and some of the other platforms do allow for that as well. Um, and another interesting distinction to go back to Dow House, which is a great, it's a great platform. Um, and um, you know, I was showing um, the uh, the vault before. If we look at members. DAO House and Moloch has a concept of shares and loot and actually doesn't use tr- tokens in the traditional sense of the word. So with mm. DAO House, there's no thriller token, which, which again, this is a, can be looked at as a major limitation for some projects. If you want to use what's probably the best user interface out there for DAOs, tokens can't represent your voting power huh. um, instead. And so if you want to have like tokens that are appreciating in value, you'll have to get a little bit creative. Um, instead, you have the concept of shares and loot, and you also can't get rid of that one. If you don't want to have loot involved, and I'll tell you what loot is, you can't, you can't remove it at least today. You can just not it any to anyone, but it's going to be sitting there. So again, it's kind of shows like the limitation of some of these platforms. So shares represent voting power. Loot represents uh, potential payout if you were to dissolve the DAO, or if you want to sell effectively shares but shares that don't actually give you voting power back to the DAO that's what loot represents okay so you have like limited basically it's kind of like limited partners versus full partners the shares represent full voting power and rights to the underlying economics loot represents only rights to the underlying economics but not voting power wow okay so the reason they did this is that the thought is you might have financial investors for example who you might want to say you know what you're gonna own 25% of the DAO from a treasury perspective, right? That kind of theoretic, hypothetical, like you you could cash out um, if you wanted to from the treasury, but but we're not gonna give you voting power, or we're gonna give you less voting power. So we're gonna hmm. give you mostly loot and just a few shares. Um, yeah, and and DAO House is one, even though it doesn't support one token one vote, um, it does support um, the community has to approve if anyone wants to buy in or sell out, which they call rage quitting. Hmm. And so
0: rage quitting is something you'll hear about in the DAO world. Yeah. I've heard that term and it makes me think of, you know, my being 14 and throwing the controller at the screen. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Right. Playing Mario Brothers or something. (laughs) Yeah. And and so when people
1: say that, they don't necessarily mean anyone's actually angry, right? Although they could be, it could just mean someone wants to leave. Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, But the idea was that it came from the idea that someone might be angry about something and might want to leave. Um, So in DAO house, if someone wants to join, they have to request shares for tokens or for work completed, or you could just put for zero tokens and you're just requesting shares, right? And so you can ask for number of shares, you can offer to pay for them. And then the DAO, so its shareholders have to vote to approve your request to join in exchange for that amount of money. So they can keep track of like what they think a share is worth and say, well, if you want to buy in, you're going to have to put in, you know, $10 a share. Um, Similarly here, if you want to leave the DAO, let's see if we can find it. Um, Membership signal, guild kick. Guild kick, yeah. Oh,
0: kick. Now, is that voluntary or involuntary from a, a member's perspective?
1: Looks like that's involuntary. I thought there would be one also for if someone just wants to ask to leave a uh, buyout proposal. Okay. So here you can say, um, you know, you're going to leave, and it's telling you here is the value you should get based on how much shares and loot you have. And so I think that's where you could say, yeah, give me those $23 because WXDI are, are, are stable coins
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, uh, and then you could leave for that amount of, but if, all, if the membership says like, no, you know we're not going to let you. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're actually, I think the way this is set up is that whenever there's a proposal of certain types, once it passes, people are given a, a certain period of time where they are allowed to rage
0: quit if they want to. Okay. All right.
1: say through, they're automatically given their fair share of the treasury.
0: There's some feature kind of like that. Huh. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So the minority, if they, you know, don't win and the DAOs go in a weird direction or something that they don't like, they always have the freedom at that point to yeah, yep. cash out. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And and by the way, if anyone wants to see, I mean, a lot of
1: uh DAOs, the way proposals work, once they pass someone has to come in and execute because the even though the data is on the blockchain that enough people have signed and voted yes, um, smart contracts can't take their own actions on a blockchain, at least on Ethereum compatible blockchains. They can't mm-hmm. just decide to do something you have to have a person, uh, an EOA again, so a person like with a MetaMask wallet or similar, actually calling the contract and saying, please do this thing that was approved. And then you pay the, whoever is submitting that pays the gas, the contracts can't pay their own gas. And mm-hmm. um, and so here you can see, I had actually submitted a proposal to get, I think and it's, to, I think it's to get my die back, right? Cause it's just okay. big out I don't know why I sent $24 into it. Um, <laughs> I might as well get it back. Um, but just to show you another limitation of DAO uh, platforms today, um, you know this is one of the best, maybe the best user interface. It's it, when I, I I can't even see what the proposal really was. Huh? Okay. It says like, look, minion action details, target something, multi-send actions. It's just a bunch of, and then it says could not decode action data. So mm-hmm. if I'm a member of this DAO, and I'm supposed to vote on this thing. Either I got to understand smart contracts and I'm going to dig into this and figure out what's really going on, or I got to trust, you know, in this case, yeah. myself, but whoever the proposer was that they proposed something, um, you know, above board. So huh. I don't even know, you know, I, I, I you know, I proposed this, so sure let's, let's approve it. But. um you know, I don't even know exactly what it's going to. And this is consistent. Every DAO platform, again, this is one of the best and it's confusing. So okay. this is the state of the, especially the the systems that are truly automated. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of
0: limitations. Um, just yeah. Because- so that's one of the common denominators between a bunch, all the platforms right there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I figured there would be some commonality, you know, like a, an audio DAW DAW software. There's a lot of commonalities, but there's similar... Mm-hmm. But there's different little things depending on which one it is. Quirks. So this yeah. is probably the same thing going on here. So what's another one? I, I we have Dow House and Colony. Um, I know there's one hive and uh,
1: one hive. Could show that one.
0: And there's a few others. I, that's, that's about the the extent that I know.
1: Sure. So one hive. Is, they call their Dow platform gardens. Okay. So I'm going to load here. Switching my network over and over.
0: So different DAO platforms are on different networks. Um, I yeah, s- the one that one was on xdai. I think one Hive's on xdai, isn't it? Or is it on? Are there any on Polygon and uh, just Ethereum proper?
1: So most of them support Ethereum. Okay. Usually, the bigger question is which, if any, of the other chain, like la- layer twos or side chains or other blockchains, will they support? Okay. And by the way, all my experience is in the Ethereum compatible ecosystem. So um, there are also systems on Solana. And honestly, I, I'm just not familiar with them. Just yeah,
0: sure.
1: And uh, people are working on things on Cardano and, and probably other chains as well, certainly other mm. chains as well. Um, so it looks like you know I created this one on Polygon, um, but you know if you go to any of these platforms and you click here, create a garden, pretty early in the process, you'll have to choose which uh, chain you're on. Okay. Now here it says connected to Polygon. So here's by the way here too with with gardens you can see your first choice is create a new token or use an existing token. Oh, cool. And generally speaking, and this was my experience with gardens. If you want to have a lot of control over how your token works, you're not probably not going to want to create it with one of these platforms, because yeah. unless you happen to really like the decisions they've made. Yeah. Um, and so, well, maybe we'll be able to see how what I mean by that if we go through this process. But you know, a really good option if you want to create a token might be um, CoinVise. Which has a pretty good functionality, um, and then what's the one we're using potentially for Taoists? Um, forgetting now.
0: Um, I'm. I don't know which one they're using. Oh, Juicebox. Juicebox, yeah. yeah. So
1: Juicebox is one of the most capable fundraising with tokens platform out there. And so if if your DAO is being built around like a lot of fundraising, you want people to buy tokens, you're just getting off the ground, that, that could be a really good one to use. And then you'll just tell your DAO platform, use that token as okay. power. Right. So let's say we want to create our own. We'll see if it's easy enough to just get to this later settings here. Um, Token. Okay, so we're gonna name our token, give it a symbol, seed token holder. So, do you want it? Who do you want to give you know your tokens to right out of the gates? Or you can also use a, a Gnosis Safe as part of this one. Okay.
0: Okay, so let's. I'm I I like put, that how it integrates the safe into it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. So just so we can go to the next step, I'm gonna put something in
1: here. Now, if you want to use gardens, you have to provide liquidity before it lets you create your DAO. Okay. I've done this before, and you have to put in at least $100 worth, uh, approximately, oh, yeah, at least $100 worth of honey token, which isn't the easiest to get, but you can get it. Um, and, so, and then you also automatically, for free, put some of your own tokens. What this does is it makes it so that someone can go to HoneySwap and buy and sell your token.
0: Nice. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Which, But again, this is a really significant decision that a lot of DAOs don't want people to be able to buy and sell their token ever or not right away. Yeah. So this yeah. is a feature or a limitation depending on how you're looking at things. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when I created my other DAO, I had to spend $100 just to experiment with this <laughs> and more because of gas fees and I had to have a token, um, and then the next step, which I guess we won't get to because this is actually going to confirm that I really have the honey tokens, which I don't have anymore. Yeah. Um, the next phase is the issuance policy, and honestly, this next phase was confusing. Um, you, If I remember correctly, and I hope I'm not too wrong, but you can see already already this is getting a little confusing. Um, the issuance policy was like a bonding curve of some kind, starts to get into complicated mm-hmm. tokenomics stuff that yeah, if this happens to be what you want for your DAO or you just yeah. don't care, okay, great. But a lot of DAOs, you know, may, they might not want a bonding curve. They yeah. might want to just um, have just give away tokens when they want to give them away, mint them when yeah. they want to mint them. And so um, like a lot of these platforms, you kind of get locked pretty quickly into a certain way of, of doing things, at least if yeah. you create your token with their platform.
0: Juicebox has a bonding curve option, but the, the person showing it, to us was just like you know, most DAOs don't use the bonding curve option and right. you know, they should even just put that maybe just to, for the interface, just in some kind of advanced tab or something. <laughs> yeah. I lo- that's yeah. Well
1: said. Yeah. we yeah. People in the chat saying they don't understand the bonding curve stuff. Very confusing.
0: Um, yeah. Ernest is saying Juicebox replaces Kickstarter as well um, mm. That's kind of a decentralized Kickstarter. And uh, yeah. I've never heard of Juicebox or CoinVise. I've never heard of that either. So comment also about CoinVise
1: um, and I have created tokens, I believe on Polygon um, on CoinVise. Make sure I'm on Polygon. yeah. So here you can see again, a Thriller token. I think I've created a, a few. Here's, here's the loco tokens I mentioned earlier, Thriller tokens. Um, so CoinVise is, is a good one, especially if you wanna maintain some control over the token by whoever uh, minted it, Um, you can do airdrops at a pretty good cost, you can do vesting, and honestly, I don't know what
0: quests are yet.
1: Um, So
0: kind of like first quests, I guess, for Bankless, you have to go through first quests in order to, uh, um, I, I guess, learn how to navigate around Bankless DAO, then certain things get unlocked for you if you complete the quests. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not such a fire hose right off the, right off the bat when you jump in and, you know, when Bankless DAO, when I first joined Bankless Dow, I jumped in and it was just like, bah! you know, everything was just coming at you hundred, hundred miles an hour. The, the quests allowed it to be kind of an incremental type of, um, approach and have people make sure that they've learned certain things before they can have things unlocked to them. So that might be that. That's my best guess.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Um, although I will say that there's no box here that says how to, how am I supposed to know when the person has completed the quest? So that makes me question, you know, it says describe how contributors can complete it, but then what they just come here and is honor system. So that's what I'm kind of wondering. Um, maybe once you click
0: select token, right, maybe then that's the next step. Um, yeah, uh, Ernest is saying I'm hunting for an L2 social media token for social media influencers. I don't know about anything on layer two, honestly. A platform that has media NFT creation, token creation, etc. for layer two specifically.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I know there's a there's a token platform for creators.
0: I don't remember what it's called. Hmm. Um. Um, well, we're we're running. A little over an hour. I wanted to touch on one more. Um, Are you familiar with Coordinate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Coordinate and how people in DAOs can be compensated. I think that's a major, major thing that needs to be touched on.
1: (laughs) Cool, and I wonder actually, John, do you have a coordinate? Have you ever used the user interface? Because I, I haven't. Yeah. I'm just familiar? Is that something you
0: could show? I, I'd love to see. Um, yeah, I think so. Let me see here. Uh, Put you on the spot. I know I'm the guest, but it's okay. I have coordinate <laughs> up on my screen actually, um, but coordinate is a way to be able to distribute tokens um, on whatever time basis you choose. And uh, let me see if I can pull this out and uh, uh, get this over here. And it allows, it's kind of, it, you can configure it different ways, but it's kind of like a mix between a uh, UBI and a meritocracy. Um, so you, know, you can hear it to where 50% of um, the tokens that are going to be dished out away, um, are guaranteed to every member that has signed up through Coordinate and uh, to the DAO and stuff like that. So, and then the other 50% um, can be given in the form of give tokens proportionally and um, those give tokens, it's up to the responsibility of the um, of the person who signed up for Coordinate to give it out based on who they've interacted with. Um, so, uh, it's in that way. It's an, it's a meritocracy. So it's not just who's ever got their nose up the bosses, but will receive the most. The Cantillon effect, closest to the money source, and you'll get whatever runs off of it. You know, it's it's who you who've you been working with, and do they see value? Um, it, Ernest says it allows for peer to peer evaluation and distribution of uh, work groups <laughs> budget for participation. Thank you. I could not find them an elegant, eloquent way of saying it. So it's not top down, it's horizontal and it allows you to reward the peers that you have actually been working with. Um, so let's just go to the homepage of Coordinate. So
1: this- oh, yeah, you so can
0: adjust the percentage of that, like 20. UBI and 7% give tokens or zero UBI and a hundred percent give tokens made it, make it a complete meritocracy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, however you want to do it. Um, so here's, you know, tools for DAOs that do scale your community with tools to reward contributors, incentivize participation and manage resources. Um, yeah, so that, that's coordinate in a nutshell. And, uh, um, so I will launch coordinate right here. Um, I, I like coordinate. Um, some people have had some trouble with the interface, had some trouble signing for it, missing the payment epochs, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it allows you to leave little notes for the people that you've, you know, contributed to. So I will connect my wallet. And, uh, for instance, we just did the AV guild right here. And they were, what you were talking about before about guilds and the, the main treasury assigning things to teams or guilds, um, AV Guild, which I'm a part of, has our own um, treasury to it. And um, we're able to do our own coordinate rounds as well on top of the overall bankless rounds. So it's pretty cool, you know. Uh, and you can see right here the allocations, who you, um, who you allocate to. And then it even shows a little map. And uh, this is the allocation map. Let me zoom it in um, once my browser catches up with me. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So right there, you know, this kind of globulous blob of connected people and how they contribute to each other. So it's pretty cool. I like interactive stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Courtney. <coordinated laughs> that well. Was-
1: isn't it also just a different type of bias in a way? I mean, like whoever is probably the most social or the best at looking like they're doing a really good job, like, are going to get the most, uh, the most
0: tokens. Um, You're right. Yeah, and that that's a very valid criticism of it. And you know, people try to, you know, make sure and announce, you know, make sure you reward. You know, not just the most visible people, but, uh, you know, and people try to say, you know, so and so here did all this work on the back end and you don't even know it. So people try to, to lift each other up in that way. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> yep. everything has its flaws and that's in limitations and that's coordinates. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we're nine minutes over the hour. Um, is there any other tools that you want to look at and, and highlight? Before we sign off,
1: no, I, I think that's good. I mean, I've got a number of others, and if anyone wants to see more, just you can reach out to me. You know, find me on my website, Um, or if you know John, he can connect you with me. Um, or we could always do another episode. But but it's it's the same story. You know, with each of them is like it's cool, it works. They've made certain design choices and certain functionality choices that. Um, you know, are are either going to be good or not good, depending on your needs, your use case. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think uh, the best thing you can do is just ask people for advice. You know, jump in the Discord, see see what other people are using, find a DAO you like, see what they're doing, and maybe just beware about the the trust uh, the the question of are you just are you really trusting a group of three, five, or seven individuals. Actually, a DAO we're a part of has recently decided to do four, which I, I think is kind of nuts, but it uh, <laughs> seems kind of illogical, but that's okay, we'll, we'll let it go. Um, uh, but um, you know, if that's the way they're operating, just know that it's not that's not the ideal DAO that I think a lot of us are envisioning we'll all be using soon. It's a stepping stone where you, okay. know, you just have to use the the safe that has the highest functionality And the most flexibility, and that means three to five people or seven people will be controlling it, and you'll be voting either in Discord or on a snapshot or something like that. And then maybe one day we'll all be in DAOs, where really, truly, if 51% of the people want to do something, you, you won't be able to stop them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you, know, you can have your philosophical conversations of whether majority rule is really the white, right way to go, <laughs> but yep. uh, yeah. yep. decisions of the masses aren't always the right decisions. But uh, yeah. you know, I don't know, that gets into a whole other rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> well, and, and maybe just one thought on relatedly sure. to you know, one of our friends, Steve from Taoists, um, uh, who's a founder of Taoists, uh, to my knowledge. Um, he has this great saying that I mentioned the other day in the Blockbuster Tao webinar too, um, which is um, maybe the D in DAO should stand for distributed, not decentralized. Yeah. Because really like what DAO, the DAO technology allows you to do is distribute leadership and power and control however you want. That doesn't mean you have to be completely decentralized. You don't have to push all the decisions and all the power throughout the entire structure of your organization. It just means you can sometimes when you want to, but it also might make sense to have a core leadership team that is making most of the decisions or is at least guiding the decisions or controlling some of the funds, or maybe you have five or 10 teams and each like guilds or hives, you know, subgroups, each of which has their own um, area of expertise and makes decisions on behalf of, of that area. And then maybe only sometimes do you involve the entire community voting and a decision. So I think, um, you know, between that and really thinking about incentive design, you know, those are probably the two biggest things that a lot I see a lot of people are missing when they're going and, and creating DAOs. Um, they're really just thinking like, we got to have a token, we got to give people tokens for stuff, yeah. uh, and we got to be totally decentralized. Um, rather than thinking like, what is what's the true social nature of this organization? Mm-hmm. What do we really want to incentivize people to do, and how? And and how it can use financial and non-financial incentivization to achieve that? Um, and then, you know, also what leadership structure makes sense for this organization It's not always just completely flat.
0: Hundred percent agreed. At this point, you don't gotta do anything. You know, you, you gotta figure out what works for your group right there, your your organization, not what everybody else has done. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, great words to to leave on. Um, uh, so you have DAOPlatform.io, and that's your your DAO that you're forming, right?
1: Yep. Okay. Um, it's a uh, it's a company.
0: Uh, okay. Right now, as
1: a company, um, we may turn it into a DAO, um, but uh, for now, we're a, mainly a consulting firm helping people okay. launch and operate DAOs and, and strategize oh. them. Yeah. Okay,
0: and what's the best way to get a hold of you? You said
1: you could email Adam at DAOPlatform.io. You could find me on Twitter at the Thriller underscore because um, someone else got to the Thriller first. Um, or uh, probably uh, yeah, a Michael Jackson I, page.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Those are those are the best ways to to find it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on and, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and do the outro and that's a wrap on episode 406. Thank you. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey and BitChute and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E U R E K A John, J O H N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you would like to donate some stablecoin or Ethereum, please feel free to send it to eurekajohn.crypto or eurekajohn.eth. This will help with the gas costs for all these protocols that I mess around with. Because that gas adds up and I ain't rich. Yet. Thanks again.